Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast. Every two weeks, we watch an anime, we come together on this podcast, and we discuss it. We then turn everything about that discussion over to our audience to make it better, to ask questions, or really answer our questions. And that's really the premise of this podcast. We are currently doing our New Year celebration that we always do, and which is where we watch a movie during the Christmas season, and then we do two retro animes that we either missed and wanted to watch or watched and loved and want to share with the, the community. <clears throat> Things sometimes go awry. <laughs> <laughs> but to talk about the anime that we watched today, which is Trinity Blood, I need the help of my co-host. And usually I do a big introduction, but instead I'm just going to introduce Jeremy and ask him what his New Year resolution was and how he was doing. Uh, New Year's resolution? Um, <laughs> finish school. <laughs> All right. I knew you no, That's Jeremy, it. Jeremy's going to be mad. I picked this. <laughs> it hasn't started yet. So <laughs> Fair enough. I have yet to fail this New Year resolution. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, actually, we watched The Witcher. and Finished it. We finished it. It was fantastic, but I think we got a different experience than probably 99.9% of people because we happened to watch the last episode first by accident and thought it was episode one. <laughs> so we got a lot of mystery and we got a lot of action and we got a lot of intrigue and we had no idea, like I said, that this was not episode one. And so we kept waiting for more information about these characters. And boy, were we getting it, you know, from episodes two through seven. And then when we finally got to episode, it, there are eight episodes, right? Yeah. No, that's Mandalorian. Is it eight too? Yeah. Isn't it? Okay. Correct? It's somewhere around there. Yeah. It's yeah, eight, totally. When we got to the second to the last episode, um, we realized, because we started the last episode and we'd already seen the intro. And I was like, okay, they're refreshing our memory you know they're gonna they're gonna switch over to you know what happens after and they didn't and we kept watching for like 10 minutes and i kept waiting and waiting and then we decided okay let's go let's go check episode one because i think we really screwed up here <laughs> and actually i think it was i think it might have been better than watching it from the first episode to the end i huh. like i want to give witcher like a 95 percent um just from our experience watching it, it was so good that way. I have no idea what it must be like watching it from <laughs> the first episode. I, I remember the, watching the first two episodes and being really confused. And that it wasn't, I actually had to like read somewhere like, oh, these, the events are happening at separate times. Like these are separate timelines and then they eventually converge. And I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Cause I was like, I, I don't get how this is fitting together. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really experience much of that at all. Um, I think after watching the last episode and then watching episodes two and three, um, it just kind of clicked that, oh, things are, they're in sequence, but out of timeline. <laughs> this is really cool. 
Maybe they should have just done it that way. That would be cool. All right. All right. So we also have our other co-host. He's a jerk. Jason. (laughs) 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 What were your New Year's resolutions? I don't believe in your New Year's resolutions because oh, I'm see, just going to... I told gonna... you was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to fail anyway, so why make promises I'm going to break? Um, yeah. Like so I don't game. have one. Alright, so how you been? I've uh, been pretty good. So I uh, got my kid a VR headset for Christmas. <laughs> and um, I bought... A game called Asgard's Wrath, and I heard it is that literally everything that I'd want in a fantasy game in VR. Like so far, everything I've ever wanted in a fantasy game with combat, this blows away. Skyrim, as far as VR, it the puzzles are fun, the combat's interesting, um, and uh, it's a little. It's a little disorienting at first as far as just VR because it's my real first experience besides Beat Saber, which is a blast, by the way. Um, But yeah, after about an hour and a half, two hours, my eyes are just tired. My head starts to hurt. My back is hurting from standing so much. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic game. That's really cool. Is is I can't remember for sure. Is that one where they did a little bit less teleportation for movement and uh, they actually give you a freedom to you move? You can choose. No, no, there is no teleportation. It's all movement with the stick. Sweet. Um, so, and it's wherever awesome. you're facing. So if you spin your body and you move forward, you'll go that direction. Or if you spin that way and move forward, you'll go that direction, uh, which actually feels really intuitive in combat. So if someone passes to your left, you just spin your body and then you can continue to move back and forth with the stick. Mm. Um, also, uh, it's, so it's, you're a God and you take control of your champions and that's how you do the combat. But when you go into God form, you go into this top down view of the area and you can solve puzzles and like do things to get your guy to the next area. Uh, you can make different things and like uh, companions and stuff. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a blast. Sweet. Does that have to be hooked up to the computer, that one? or that Yeah, it's a Rift office? only. Yeah, it's a Rift exclusive. So the Quest has what's called uh, Oculus Link, because I bought a Quest. And Link turns your Quest into a Rift. Oh, cool. Yeah, you just have to plug it into your machine with a 3.0 uh, USB cord, and it'll it, it plays just like a Rift. Mm. Nice. So yeah, I can unplug it, I can go to a different room if I want, play Quest games, come back, plug it back into my machine, and then I can play um, older VR games, such as The Forest, which is terrifying in VR. Oh, yeah, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And my name is Troy. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to only drink water for one year. I'm 11 days in, and I feel like I'm about to break. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a really hard one, I can imagine. I miss milk, and that, which is the real reason I did. I gotta quit drinking so much milk, and I miss it so much. Oh. Oh. Um, is I, that health detriment to drinking so much milk? Yeah, it's lactose and sugar. Well, I mean, how great for you in huge amounts? <laughs> oh, you stop! Just oh. <laughs> uh, what I've been watching, I 
finished season two of Haiku. I think I, I'm probably not saying that right. It's the volleyball anime. Guys, I know we had mixed feelings on the basketball anime. The volleyball mm. one is fantastic. No one has powers. <laughs> no one's magical uh, and disappears on the court. Um, but it is, by the end, I was like cheering for the game. And then they ended the season. And there's only two seasons on Netflix. And they're like, the, they're, at the end, they're like, we're going to the championship game tomorrow. End of season. And I'm like, no! <laughs> uh, and then also, uh, the new, I, I finally sat down and been watching the new DuckTales on Disney+. And it's fantastic. It's one of the best <laughs> cartoons of, of the year. Um, Make it rain! <laughs> that, I've never laughed so hard at a, at a villain in a cartoon as Glomgore. <laughs> It's so good, um, but it's really well written. I, I watched the Darkwing Duck episode. It was really meta, but also like a really good introduction to Darkwing Duck into this universe. And now it's Darkwing Duck actually fits into the DuckTales universe instead of just kind of being added on at the end. Um, Donald's in it. it. It's really good. And they gave the best is they gave the three nephews separate personalities. They're not just Huey, Dewey, and Louie. There's Huey, there's Dewey, and there's Louie, and they're all very separate characters. And such a bit. I okay. Darkwing Duck as a kid. Oh yeah, exactly. they're making. They're must be making that too. And oh sweet. I heard there's rumors of certain tailspin. There's already been one tailspin character in Ducktales, and there's supposed to be two more coming next season. And nice. I was a tailspin was my jam. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, let's go on to our anime. We put it off long enough. <laughs> we made everyone watch it. Jason made us watch it. Uh-huh. Uh, we should talk about it. So we did watch Trinity Blood. This is an older anime. Um, I didn't look up any stats on it. I do remember <laughs> watching it early 2000s on Adult Swim in my basement. Not much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like uh, like we said at the end of last episode, it's a Trigun plus Helsing mashup. Is and very gothic. Very. I want to sell shirts at Hot Topics. Um, so let's start with our non-spoiler review jason what did you think um so when i watched it when i was first getting into anime back in the early 2000s like i really enjoyed this anime like i remember it fondly and today it i feel like i was eating stale bread um (laughs) it it wasn't I didn't hate it because I think there was a lot of nostalgia there, but I didn't like it. Um, it was very middle of the road as far as a power fantasy, but there was just, they were trying to fit too many things together. And the criticism that I heard that it was someone trying to capitalize on the success of Trigun and Helsing uh, really kind of rang through. And I didn't like that, but I had to admit that, yeah, the, this is fairly low effort as far as storytelling. Um, so I think there's a lot of missed potential here because I, I like the world that we have here. Um, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't, wasn't fantastic. All right, Jeremy, how about you? I really wanted to see this. I remember when it came out on uh, Adult Swim, I watched the first episode and I never got around to watching the rest, but I always remembered it. And I thought this would be so cool, you know? He, he really did seem like Vash, just especially in that first episode, how he's kind of 
bumbling and and nice, but then at the end, you know, super tough and cool. Um, but yeah, they really didn't deliver. And I know we're stopping just halfway through the first season, so there's a lot of story left to go through and a lot of opportunity for them to deliver. But at this point, I'm not even interested in finishing it. It's just not interesting at all. Yeah, um, I'm I'm in the same boat with these guys. I I had seen I've seen this before, and I remember it very fondly with rose-tinted goggles of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I turned on the first episode and was like, "Oh, this is not good." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. And and it was really a bummer. And I honestly spent like the entire time because I do actually go back and watch Trigun pretty frequently, like once every two years or so. And so I just kept thinking about Trigun and like, I wish I was watching Trigun uh, yes. as, as versus yes. the main character, which probably isn't fair to it. You know, Trigun's a masterpiece. It's one of the, the elite animes of our time or my time, <laughs> however you want to say that. But, uh, us three time. <laughs> yeah. But this was rough. It, it, it was yeah. shallow. Um, they would like, jump into story beats or themes that they hadn't set up and then abandon just as quickly. Like for one story arc, it's like, let's do a very Trigun, nobody dies theme. And then like the next episode, like, yeah, but that, who cares? <laughs> we don't yeah. want to have to actually deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that was rough. So not, not great for me. Um, let's go on to the opening and closing. What do you guys think of those? Uh, I sat through the opening once, and uh, I I've never been so motivated to skip an opening because <laughs> of the song, ever. And it's just the visuals aren't great because they're just weird clips from episodes that don't make any sense strung together. Thank the you. music is bad, <laughs> and. <laughs> It's this so is probably the first anime that I liked the exit better than the opening. Uh, yeah, um, it was horrible. I, I didn't like the exit or the uh, or the opening. Um, and, and it's funny too because it, man, the opening feels so eighties. It's so eighties, and that's the weirdest thing because the anime's not. Um, but I thought about nineties. Really? Oh man! Oh, to me, that just screamed eighties. But, but oh, but the outro—it was just as bad for me. I oh god, I hated the outro too. It was just—I I feel really bad because I want to say something good about this anime, but I got nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the intro was especially rough because, like Jason said, the visuals are just like random clips from random episodes that have no through line no themes no nothing and then the music is not great and the ending's a little better because at least like they're showing the two characters kind of like having their own version of twilight which happened after this anime so that's not really a fair (laughs) joke but uh yeah and it it was rough one thing i want to add one time my daughter sat down she watched like 20 minutes of me she turned to me and was like with all this drama, is this the last episode? And I'm like, no, this is the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Alright. Um, let's go on to Spoiler Town. We're going to be spoiling this anime for those of you who didn't watch it. Congratulations, you smarties. 
Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> we are fourteen episodes. So we yep, we're gonna go through the first fourteen episodes. Only the first fourteen episodes. That's all we watched, and that's all we will be watching for this you know retro anime pick. Oh, and... but wait! I was gonna pick the next half as my pick for the next. Just kidding. <laughs> it's funny that that's kind of true though. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was till I watched it. Ugh. Okay. So spoiler warning has been dropped. Uh, the we get like this quick intro that is hard to understand what's going on. They're like, there's kind of there's a nuclear apocalypse, and now centuries later, a new bad guy has risen up and started war with humans and its vampires. In, in this, they're called Methuselah, but they also call themselves vampires. And then there's <laughs> Terrans, but they're also called humans. So that way you can't be confused. Um, oh, yeah, that helps to keep from being confused. <laughs> and it, it, this is a very, like, gothic fantasy, but it's all based on, like, sci-fi. Like, the vampires yeah. are scientifically vampires. They're not, you know, the spawn of the devil or anything like that, like in um, Castlevania. They are literally, like, scientific creations. And so there's this new race of superhumans who are actually just vampires. And they still follow all the vampire rules, because when you're genetically modifying yourself into a super species, you put silver in as a weakness for fun. Yeah, or exposure <laughs> to sunlight. Yeah, no sunlight yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. But what about the robots? Like, I, I remember seeing this in the first episode and being like, wait a minute, they have automatons? The humans have automatons that are, like, running around with gun arms and stuff? Why do we not see that outside of the church like it's just oh it bugs me when you have that kind of technology and it's being used in warfare it would propagate down that uh, ah well anyways there, there is so in this world there is no like standing armies of governments the only ones with military force is the vatican and this other group uh, the empire sure sure but i'm wondering like why none of the people are benefiting from the technologies that seem so advanced yeah, everyone's in living in, like, Victorian England times, right? Yeah, but they have freaking androids. <laughs> well, they have an android. <laughs> and airships, and, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, speaking of airships, our main character <laughs> is flying on one on a trip, um, and we meet him. His name is Abel Nightroad? Yes. Man, that, that, is a, that is a name. But, yeah, his name is Abel. <laughs> and... What did you guys think of Abel? Everything about him makes me want to like him, but he's just not interesting. <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. Um, he and I don't know. I, it feels like the voice actor in the dub did his best to portray him the way he was intended to be betray, uh, uh, portrayed. But because, you know, he's so hypocritical in his own thinking, he has no real direction except I want to do good, whatever that means in this world. Um, it's really tough to make any sort of uh, storytelling connection with the guy as far as like a likable character. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I remember really liking this character 10 years ago and even up until I started watching this anime. And then this first episode, I'm like, 
Ooh. I, and then you guys were like, you know, complaining about him a bit. And I'm like, no, 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 it gets better. You know, he's the stoic guy. <laughs> no, he, it's not. All right, Jeremy, what about, how about you? Um, it, it was it was really interesting because I thought that he was going the direction of Vash the Stampede. I thought that, you know, he had this this whole silly exterior that was just a facade and he was kind of a badass underneath, and and that was going to be consistent, you know. But it, it didn't seem to be consistent. I, I couldn't even tell when, at, at certain times, when he would enter combat, whether he was still being the idiot or if he was actually putting his effort into it and failing. And it, it was really uh, off-putting because you couldn't have a clear delineation between the facade and the real person. It, it was confusing. Um, also, one of the issues that I had with him was, like you mentioned, Jason, his hypocrisy in the in the sub. He just kept going on and on about how, you know, because of his sins and because of his past, his job is now to protect humans, to keep them alive, save their lives. And I don't know where this goes with the rest, but like his way of doing that, he's also vowed not to kill. And I didn't find that out for several episodes, of course, because he doesn't mention it. In in fact, it seems like he's going around killing vampires with no problem, no qualms. <laughs> to, to specify, and, I, in my notes, I have it written down in this first episode, he tears the vampire's heart out. Yeah. Yeah. He has no problem. Throwing that up there. <laughs> right. Exactly. And and so, like, I was going into this with that sort of, okay, it's like Vasha Stampede, but it's not, because this guy will kill. He is a badass. Um. And then it just confused me so bad. So, yeah, I, I don't like him because he doesn't make sense. I can't place him. I can't figure him out. Yeah, um, I'm basically in full agreement with Jeremy. I I I had so fond memories of this guy. And I and I thought he was Bastion Stampede, Yoda, this, you know, aged, ancient guy. He definitely, they hint at he has ancient to him or a, a storied history you know he he meets a character that's an adult now and when she's a child he hasn't aged so we know he's at least quite old <laughs> and i thought he was doing this whole bumbling act that these characters do to hide their wisdom um and the thing about vash is he bumbles into a situation but he's never not 100 in control of it he's, he's so proficient and awesome that like he'll fall down and knock over a table, but it falls down right at the right time to hit a bad guy's foot, so his gun goes the wrong way, right? And you're like, oh, he he tripped on purpose. He's there's a scene where Abel walks up to the gates of the Vatican. They're like, okay, where's your where's your identification? He's like, I I lost it. And I'm like, wait, did you really lose it? Are you actually an idiot who <laughs> who can't get into the his Vatican? He's wearing full priest clothes, and they're like, we don't know you. Yeah. We don't, we're not letting you in. And I'm like, this isn't helping any situation. There's no ulterior thing here. I spent this entire anime trying to figure out who the real Able Night Road is, and I still don't know. I don't know if I ever would find out. Is he a serious, somber guy who slaps a young woman because he's upset with her <laughs> in the face? Or is he a bumbling, nice guy who would just like a sandwich because that would be the best ever? I don't know. Or or like 13 cubes of sugar <laughs> you know, in his tea. Because that's really what I can important remember, to bring up multiple times. From what I can remember, we don't really find out who Abel is until like episode 27. 
Like it, it's oh it's God. like yeah, it's near the end that you really find out who he is. And and to further like emphasize your point, Troy, in the first episode where we're really supposed to get to grips with who Abel is, he does one of those bumbling trip things and it shows his eyes narrow as he's falling and he shoots some steam vents behind the vampire, showing that yes, his bumbling is in fact completely under his control. Sometimes. And, Except but, for then Yeah, he, but exactly. But then, then later it's totally in, not. In the same episode, he falls out of the airplane and he's like, Oh, yeah. thank God that could happen. Like he right. didn't know exactly. and he's by himself at that time. So there's like yeah. no one to put on a show for. He just falls yeah. out of the airship and, and it saves his life and he's like, Woo! Got lucky on that one. Yeah. It, it, it's the inconsistency that made it really hard to get yeah. attached to him when I'm trying to like, okay, what kind of character? Well, yeah, it does this a lot. Like he falls off of this like balcony, and then like these huge rocks seem to come down on top of him. <laughs> and then like ten minutes later, he's riding in on a boat, and it's like, okay, one, you're not even wet. Two, how are you not injured? And three, you're in a boat. Where'd you find that? Yeah, yeah. The plot, <laughs> right? <laughs> you think he bought a boat? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, we're gonna go forward. Um. He meets a in the intro. We're introduced to him, and he's talking to a nice waitress. And they're on this airship. She goes to serve the captain and the other pilots of the airship. And a vampire attacks. He take kills the pilots. The captain takes over the ship. He's gonna kill her, or he's like, "I'm gonna kill you later." But either way, Abel comes in and interrupts him and rescues her, and they run away. And they go to a sub level to take over the thing. And he has credentials that let him take control of the airship because this airship's flying to Rome, to the Vatican. And then we jump... Mad programming skills, too. Right. And he has... Yeah. He he has definitely a past. Um, But the Vatican (laughs) are then alerted to, hey, a vampire's taking over airship. He's going on a kamikaze mission to ram us. Um, What should we do about it? And we meet three new characters. We're going to talk about them all at once. Um, the one that's most important to us is actually Catalina. She is the the sister and uh, one of the advisors to the Pope. And then there's her brother, Francesco, and then the actual Pope. Um, Catalina is the boss of Abel and runs kind of a... The AX. Yeah, the AX, a special ops of priests with powers, uh, <laughs> fighting ability to, to battle vampire threats. Whereas uh, Francesco runs the Inquisition, which is basically the army of the Vatican. Um, and if she's a scalpel, he's a hammer in the way they like to deal with issues. And then the Pope is a wet blanket. Yes. <laughs> so oh, what are your guys' thoughts on these these three characters, either as a group or anything you want to especially call out with them? Um, my thoughts are very similar to Jeremy's on the Pope, so I'll let him describe that. But... Um... <laughs> The head of the Inquisition is just, he just screams generic bad guy. Like, there's nothing interesting about him at all. Um, Catalina, I liked, you know, I I thought she was okay in the first couple episodes, but as the episodes go on, she's just more and more helpless. And it doesn't seem like someone in her position in this highly skilled, organized organization she would be so helpless. Like I would would have expected her to have at least some combat capability, or at least be armed in some of these situations. 
And it's like, that, that just seems like something that a high level of official of some sort of military outfit like this would be, but clearly nepotism because well, of who her brother is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, but yeah, that's, I, I guess Catalina would be the best out of the three because she's kind of interesting, but we don't get to see like much about her. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of thought there was a lot of potential here when I was first introduced to these characters because there's obviously serious conflict going on and competition between the two sides. You know, like you mentioned, Troy, the scalpel and the hammer. And I, di I didn't know, like, what else was at stake. Is Are they both gunning for the seat of the Pope? Or obviously, because he's such a sniveling little whiny brat, um, he's way too old to behave the way he behaves especially in the position he's in, it's super obvious that he's just kind of a figurehead. And so if he's going to be a figurehead, obviously they're vying for control over who's going to control the head, right? And and I thought that had a lot of potential to be interesting, but it just wasn't. Like the way that they chose to present it, it just wasn't. And uh, they did try to bring in later another character to show that, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Everybody's vying for power here. Um, but it just, I don't know, the writing and, and choices, uh, that they made for the characters just, just made them an irritant to me rather than interesting. There's things presented that might have more payoff in the second half of this. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to say like, oh, this character didn't arc all the way, or I didn't like yeah. where his character went. And, and so the, to keep that in mind, that's well, fair. My issues with the three characters is the inconsistencies. I, I don't understand Catalina and Abel's relationship. They seem like they're obviously long friends, and she really cares about him. But then he comes in for a mission, and she's like, you suck, <laughs> and he has to go on sucky missions. And um, But then they always end up being important. Did she know that? Is she just messing with him? I had a hard time grasping how she's playing that. Um, Francisco, I like the idea of a guy who's war hungry, but not evil. I'm not convinced he's fully evil. He might be. I don't remember how this story ends. Um, but I like the idea of I I'm just convinced the vampires are evil. And I think this is the right thing to do. And I'm trying to do the right thing, which is probably terrible. But I'm not from an evil point of place that he's coming from, um, except for. At one part of the story, he gets his sister arrested, then finds out she's 100% correct, and there's zero consequence for him. There's yeah. like, everyone's like, no, it's fine. You completely just arrested your sister and accused her of treason, and you were completely wrong, and she's still right, but you're still not listening to her, and no one's caring. No one's like, hey, remember how yesterday you arrested me when I tried to stop murder? <laughs> yeah. So whatever. Um, and... While the Pope is a little annoying, especially with the dub voice actor, it's kind of rough. He comes off very high pitched, very snivelly. I like. I don't know what to do. I like the. I, <laughs> if I remember right, I think, I think there's payoff for the Pope that like he eventually gets a backbone and and stands up for himself and makes his own decisions. Mm. I like that setup, but I do agree the character is super rough in these fourteen episodes. All right. That's fair. Uh, Back to the story. Abel fights the vampire. Um, he falls out of the airship. 
They end up, he climbs up to the top. The vampire runs up to the top, too. They have one more battle, and Abel's like, oh, by the way, just so you know, I'm a Kruznik. Um, and, and he's like, I, I don't know what that is. He's like, oh, I'm a vampire who eats vampires. And he activates, he he does it by activating nanobots within him. He says, you know, nanobots unleash. 20%. Yeah. 40%. Um, and then he transforms into a very vampire form. His hair sticks up straight. He gl- grows a red scythe. Blood just vampire blood like automatically flows into him. He doesn't even have to bite them to drink it. It just like he absorbs it naturally, and he rips this guy's heart out. I wouldn't say it would naturally, but well, <laughs> he absorbs it unnaturally. <laughs> um, you know, as cool as his scythe looks. The way he wields it, or at least the animation, it just makes it awkward and just really terrible to yeah. watch. This has got to be like on the forefront of adding CG into anime because there's a couple things that are like, eh, sticks out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked the concept uh, the first time. And also in episode one, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. All right. Yeah. You know, but. But then when in episode two, he repeats the line after transforming. And then in episode three, he repeats the line after transforming. Am I watching Sailor Moon? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> and it just completely lost the novelty and and my interest. Um, because, yeah, I'm a vampire that sucks the blood of other vampires. I, I know. Everybody knows now. <laughs> Shut up and do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I like the idea that like he practices that speech in the mirror and is like, okay, when I meet a vampire tomorrow, the moon will say. That's right, exactly. <laughs> He's got it down. <laughs> Give um, him that. The Vatican shoots a missile at them, and after they get back in control of the airship, and they're able to dive under it, and they survive, and they go to Rome safely. Um, and he lo- he reveals to talks to Catalina that the Rosencrant crate, Rosencrant. Rosenkreutz. <laughs> so much fun trying to spell some of this stuff. Uh, the Rosenkreutz group has returned and that they're behind this. I hate the Rosenkreutz group because they're behind everything. And yeah. every time something happens, they're like, oh my God, it's the Rosenkreutz group again. No, they've been, it's just been them. Ten, ep- <laughs> ten episodes now. And, and you haven't told anyone. You're not like, hey, by the way, everyone, this is happening. Their plot is always the same. The entire anime, this group is like, we're going to start a human-vampire war. And at no point are the the humans and vampires like, hey, just so you guys know, there's a group trying to start a war. We should be cool. <laughs> and and both sides know about them, too. Yep, That's both sides so are crazy. fully aware. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the vamp- the empire seems like they are very, like, true race, racist kind of empire people because like even yeah even the non Rosenkreutz they're very uh, high and mighty and that you know Mm. you know Terrans are just cattle and that you know there seems to be this even though for some reason like there's always oh humans killed these vampires or we see the humans kill these vampires and it's like oh but you know we're so much better and it's like okay but um, and the humans seem to have like a if you see a vampire, it's cool to just kill it, right? Uh, on sight, mm-hmm. like there's no there's no question about it. So clearly, things are not in good relation. But then the leaders of the group are like, oh yeah, I mean, you can send a diplomat over here. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and I, I'm also a little bit lost on, is it absolutely necessary for the vampires? Obviously it's not, because there's one point where a particular vampire says, it, we don't have to drink blood. We can actually get what we need from, and he holds up a glass, which I don't know if it's filled with wine or bottled blood. I don't he know. He put a pill in it, and it like turned into a red liquid, and he drank it. He was like, this is enough. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, they don't have to drink Terran blood, so why do they choose to? Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, the whole thing is just, ugh. Guys, I, I need to pause the podcast. Jason, what does your shirt say? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just stretched, and I saw it. Otaku. <laughs> Otaku. Very nice. Obsessed with anime and manga. That's awesome. Man, yeah. I didn't know we were dressing thematically for the podcast today. <laughs> my my son got me that for Father's Day, I think. That's great. Very good. All right. I'll move us on to the next episode. Um, I'm kind of going to jump through the plot. It's it's basically to introduce that one of the priests that Abel works with is a robot called Trace. And he has guns. They call him Gunslinger. And he likes to shoot things. And he's very good. Whenever they need something shot... They call him, and he does it. <laughs> Got it covered. That's basically it, a character. In, in the this, most robotic way, by the way. Yeah, yeah, so what What did you guys think of, of old Gunslinger here? He, he looked like they tried to take the concept of equilibrium. Yes. And yes. They, but they paid like $10 to someone <laughs> to animate it. So... <laughs> um, it it would the animation was just the uh, oh god it, it was show, a picture that they put flashing yes. flashes on it's like okay good job guys the the movement was just terrible and then yeah. there's one point where he's like oh I'm out of bullets I can't kill you sorry about that and then like a threat comes he's like oh boom, 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 boom. it's like wait but you're a robot yeah mm, yeah I'm wait. confused. I like that. Wait, what do you mean you're confused? That actually made perfect sense. Well, I mean, it questions whether or not he's an AI that makes decisions on his own or whether or not he's just simply an automaton that follows instruction. Right. It was and, clearly showing he has a humanity to it. Nowhere else in the other 13 episodes uh, does he oh, yeah. do anything I, else like this. Yeah, it I, never I pays agree. off. There's, there's no payoff, no. I like <laughs> it at the moment. Payoff. I'm like, oh, cool. I like this character. And then from the yeah. rest of the time, they're like, hey, we just need someone to shoot things. Can you show up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My orders. Uh, why is there only one? <laughs> He's expensive. Really effective. We should make more. Yeah, I mean, like, Take even in the flashbacks. Yeah, in the flashbacks, it looks like they have an army of automaton robots that are fighting the vampires. They don't look as advanced as him, but they look like an army. Oh, okay. Uh, in the first episode, that far in the past, shows that. Because, like, yeah, the Earth, you know, everyone nuked each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, he was specifically fighting vampires, so this would be after the nukes. Um, when this, when the robots were dressed up in the weird, like, medieval armor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a vampire leaped up, attacked the robot, and there was a massive explosion. And I was like, oh, are you talking about the one with the like the cannon arms? Yeah. In the I first episode. That was being driven by somebody. I don't think that oh, was a robot. This battle armor. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, even so, I I still the same question stands like, why is there only one of him? Even if he's expensive, the church has always been like the richest place. <laughs> I'm sure they've got the money they need to make more. Listen, I don't think this is worth dwelling on. 
Yeah, it's not a plot <laughs> hole just because they don't answer it, Jeremy. I, I don't know. I mean, I think this this is such a big thing in the context of they don't let the technology exist in the world. The world is not built in a believable way. And that just... It's supposed to be post-apocalyptic. Maybe honestly, they only found one working one and they reprogrammed it. They don't know how to make more. I honestly have a theory okay. about this. Because obviously there's nanobots inside uh, Able and no one else is like injecting nanobots or working with nanobot technology. I think a lot of their technology is like left over and then they've lost the ability to recreate it. So he's probably he's probably yeah. older and from a different time. They found a way to reprogram him and make him a priest and make him effective. But there's not like a production line where they can go make more. He sure misses a lot for a robot, by the way. Yeah, he does. How dare I would have liked it if they mentioned that. Also, why does he have guns like just those two pistols and he... Freaking reloads them with little automated arm reloaders that come out of his wrist. <laughs> that that's right. why I said I think this is equilibrium wanting to be. Jeremy, you cannot pick apart every little thing. We have fourteen episodes to get through. <laughs> <laughs> lost losing, losing it a little bit. So I'm just gonna push forward. Um, <laughs> Uh, so in this episode, they find a little girl. She can make you fall asleep and have crazy nightmare dreams and hallucinate and kill things. Uh, and basically, Gunslinger is like, ah, she's escaping. When she went to the bathroom, I'm going to kill her. And he was like, no, please, I won't let you. And he's like, okay, well, then I'm going to kill you because I can do that. And they knock him out. She gets abducted anyway by vampires. Abel and Gunslinger go and rescue her. Abel kills a, or almost kills another vampire and then like jason said they come out and he's like i'm out of bullets so i can't kill the little girl and i guess i'm never gonna have bullets again so you're free to say <laughs> and then the vampire lady shows up and he shoots her and abel's like ah you had bullets the whole time which again oh. i like this moment because it was like Okay, now I know that this robot has humanity. He's not just a AI driven by orders. Actually, now there's been if Abel just narrowed his eyes. If that's all they did in response, they didn't have Abel call it out. They just showed a, a shot of him looking over at the robot guy and kind of narrowing his eye. Oh God, it killed me that he called it out. I Actually, agree. now there's two things about this episode that pissed me off. So yeah, not only the whole humanity of the robot is never talked about again. But I forgot about this little girl that apparently she was the pinnacle to this huge plot of yeah, other yeah. like psychics that they were going to use as a terror weapon. And this never heard from again. She uh -huh. is a witch who is actually a mutant. They call her a witch, but then she's like, I'm just a mutant. Right. But apparently there was this whole other like deep plot that she was going what? to be a part of. I wasn't arguing. I was just going in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next episode. Uh, because we need a really gratuitous shower scene to meet this character, she yes. has recently committed a murder and has to think about it for like five minutes at the beginning of this episode in a hot shower. This is Esther. Uh, Sister Esther, this she's a nun. This is how you know it's a 90s anime. Yes. <laughs> and if there was one nun that I, we didn't need of it, it was this one. Uh, there were yeah. a lot better nuns. This, this, okay, this yeah. was my favorite five they minutes of the anime. No, I like... I, I, Esther, cute redhead, I'm down for it. All right. 
Um, what'd you guys think of Esther? Uh, whiny. <laughs> I didn't say in one word, just to make it clear. You can use any amount of words you want. She, um, we didn't get enough time with her, so she ended up being a plot device after plot device. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, because she goes from this, I murdered someone, I'm irredeemable, to now I'm completely defenseless and I need people to look out for me to I want to be in the fray and oh I almost started a war sorry like <laughs> just, I, I didn't it, it, it's even worse than that she's actually one of the most inconsistent characters because she starts off with I'm gonna murder these bad guys and then she jumps to I want a world where no one kills anybody then she joins <laughs> the Vatican military group designed to battle vampires is like I want to go kill these mofos. Let me in on this mission. Doesn't kill him, and then tells him what I dream about is peace between vampires and humans. <laughs> Woman, you ran into his bedroom with a shotgun to kill him. What are you talking about? When were yep. you dreaming about that? Okay, that's my rant. Yeah, yeah. You summed it up for me, Troy. So go ahead, Jeremy. No, that's, that was great. <laughs> No, I thought when she first showed up, I thought there was going to be some really interesting thing because, you know, they, they showed her as a little girl and, and the nun that, that was taking care of her was like, oh, yeah, this birthmark, this means that you're special and there's this star thing and you're part of you're a child of prophecy. But the the uh, the sheer amount of emotion that they tried to pack into this episode re- revolving around her and the guy that was her accomplice and then revolving around her and the the, the count himself was just it felt way too strong for me there was no payoff uh, either yeah yeah it, it felt contrived and then it fell flat <laughs> it was very unpleasant all right um abel comes to the city this is a basically a it's called ishtar and it's a city in between the two nations and it's independent it, it doesn't want to get involved in the or even though the leader's a vampire, but he was married to a human. Um, Abel gets there and basically he's like, wow, this city really sucks. This used to be like an awesome city, and now there's just, like, no one's around. Everyone's, he sees crime on the streets, or really he sees cops beating up innocent people, we assume. So it's bad. Um, and then also the leader of the city, the Marquis, shows up, and mm. he... Basically, Abel gets arrested immediately and taken to him, and they go to the Marquis' house, and this vampire's like, hey, I allow there to be a Catholic church here that helps with the the human citizens and keeps things quiet, but you will follow rules, you will not cause trouble, Um, the last person who did did not do well, hint, hint, she did. Um, And then immediately burns down the cathedral. Yeah. yeah, and then so Esther comes and gets Abel. They take they they talk about it like, oh yeah, the last sister here was murdered, and I'm so upset about it. He wakes he Abel finds her talking with a guy named Diedrich, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and, and then the cops come, kill Diedrich, and she's like, okay, well I'll just shoot the cops. <laughs> and he's and Abel stops her. She gets arrested for murder, and Abel's like, well you got to arrest me too. And so they do, and then they burn down the church. Um, we do need to talk about Diedrich, though, because he's not really dead. Why? 
And he's not well because yeah. he's the puppet master. He's the main villain of this story so far, even though I assume it's the blonde guy that we see later. Um, uh, any thoughts on the puppet master slash Diedrich? He's just the most generic bad guy. I am bad, and I want there, to see. There, there are like three or four like bad guy vampires in charge of stuff, and I, in a week, gun to my head, I could not tell you the difference between them. <laughs> Like so, this one is in charge, and then this guy's also in charge. I don't know. Yeah, and we we are the Rosenkreutz, and we're going to uh, ascend the world, and by creating war. And it's like their goals just do not seem clear or consistent whatsoever. But this, uh, you know, him as the character of her friend at this time was fairly convincing. But him as a whole throughout this anime, I'm just like, every time he shows up, it's like, I'm here to show that I'm a bad guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, one of the things that was really weird for me for this character is that I thought he was a human. Um, I, I really thought he was a human until he showed up later. Because there's there's a scene where he's sitting at the station programming some stuff and the Marquis says, don't worry, I won't hurt you. You're not in any danger. And he's talking to him like he's a human. And then the kid shows up and she's talking to him like he's a human. He's her accomplice. Mm-hmm. Everything seemed like he's a human. And then he just gets riddled with bullets. Now, I did see vampires die from Gunslinger previously, but they were missing like body parts. His bullets weren't regular bullets. Um, I anticipated that the bullets these police were using were just regular bullets because it looked like they just pierced straight through them and made little tiny holes. And so I thought, oh, okay, it's enough to kill a human. So I was completely thrown for a loop later because I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? Why the Rosenkreutz human too? Like what's, okay, he's obviously a vampire, but that is not, that is not what you gave me the impression of this whole time. Well, um, which was his thing. I, I was pretending to be a human to both of you. Ha 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 ha. Seriously? Like, oh my God. Because they don't transform. So how did he hide his ears and his teeth? He's the puppet master. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, okay. you'd think another vampire could smell that he's not a human. No, vampires don't have, have any sense of smell in this. Oh, I don't yeah. believe that. I made that up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. They've got the vulnerabilities. <laughs> well, okay, but you also can't assume they have super smelling just because most vampires do. That's true. That's true. All right. Yeah, they never mentioned it. So plot, more plot happens. Um, Abel and Esther are arrested. Esther is given a very pretty dress to wear, uh, and take it, they are forced to have dinner with the Marquis. And he's like, "Yo, I'm all about revenge. I had a human wife. She would like help people, and also was a computer programmer. And she <laughs> built the satellite to give electricity to the city. And then I'm pretty sure that." She was murdered by the Catholic Church. No, he and said was, the people of the town. He thought the people of the town took her, but when he found out the her satellite program was shut down by the Vatican, so then he was insinuating that that's why she died. Okay, yeah, they instigated don't, the crowd. Don't worry about it. I was for sure like, oh, I see what they're setting up. She's going to be the the nun or that was killed. At, at the beginning that, that Esther was getting revenge on. And no, she 
we never find out what happened to her. <laughs> There's no resolution to this mystery. Because um, he doesn't say she died. She just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he's like, uh, now I'm going to take her satellite thing and I'm going to use it to shoot everybody. Screw it. And he he, he Is this turns Goldeneye? It, he turns it on <laughs> and it starts shooting both sides. It starts shooting vampires and humans. And he's like, wait, what's going on? And then Diedrich appears in a hologram. He's like, hi, I, I, I'm the mastermind behind everything. I put a bug in here. I manipulated both of you to do this because you both love revenge. You're idiots. Revenge is bad. Which, by the way, Abel's been running around like, quit getting revenge. And this bad guy's like, I can't believe you guys wanted revenge. You're so dumb. Uh, <laughs> my question is, is I, I, I got to stop asking questions. If yep. he's this amazing at programming that he set up this booby trap why didn't he just turn it on to begin with and start firing oh you missed something not only does he tell them all this he then says here's the turnoff code he literally yep. gives them the code to turn it off which i think ends up being false right but it's like hey here here you can turn it off he wanted to play him he wanted the con he went for the long con man it, it wasn't just about and also, you gotta remember, this is about starting a war. So he needs a vampire to kill humans, and he needs humans to kill vampires. And that's that right. Like they did it on their own. It can't be by his own. Not that that's the plot of every single terrorist act throughout the entire fourteen episodes. Yeah. And no yeah. one figures it. Um, <laughs> Esther, when she gets the turnoff code, tries to enter it. The vet, the marquee's like, "Well, no, I'm gonna, I have to kill you now that you know how to stop." this plan even though it's totally not going the way i want <laughs> i can't let you stop it now and abel comes in uh, gunslinger trace shows up and and frees abel because he has that kind of time <laughs> and abel and then trace leaves like no i'm not going to keep helping with this or he's going to take on the guard so abel goes he transforms he gives a speech this, gives a speech i'm yep. a vampire who drinks vampires yep <laughs> yep Esther doesn't see him or look at him at this, but she's there for it, and yeah. she later seems surprised by this, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Look, Abel ends up turning off the computer because he's like, don't worry, I'm United States Air Force. And <laughs> there's his old code, which apparently, and I think that was on purpose. I think that like was built into the system to get Abel to do this. Yeah, because he tells her put in the code that he gave you, and then it doesn't, it doesn't work. And when she tells him, he's like, "Ah, I know who did this, and I know how they're messing with us. Uh, I'll use my Air Force code." Turns His it super off. Hacking skills. The marquee is stabs himself, and then is dying, and is like, "Hey, if you want to shoot me, that's cool, because I know how much we love revenge." <laughs> and then she hugs him, and and. Pretends to be his that wife, would have and he been a better line. <laughs> and he dies, <laughs> and Esther and Abel go back to Rome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, the code was to self-destruct it, and that, that's why he didn't want it to be put in. He'd rather see the world burn than what his wife left behind. I understood that part, but just yeah, I, the whole story. God, and the way she cradled him, like you said, pretending to be his wife. I was like, uh, no, she, no, this. There's no way that that this character would have such a change of heart so quickly. And can we talk about the background scale of death throughout this 14 episodes? Like, there are oh, so many 
side people that or you know unseen deaths it's like they are leveling cities and it's like oh oh well we won't retaliate <laughs> yep okay yep at one point a terrorist bomb goes off and they're just like fire there's a fire <laughs> should we leave no we're fine <laughs> it's okay yep yep <laughs> um so they go back to rome um, this is the scene where he's not able to get through the gate, and Sister Noel helps him. Um, I I didn't remember Sister Noel at all when she showed up. I'm like, you must not be important. I wrote down her name anyway, and then she ends up having these major episode arcs. So, what do you guys think of Sister Noel? <laughs> oh man, that's such a loud sigh. <laughs> uh, can we say plot device in a character? Yeah, I, I didn't pay any attention to her until all of a sudden the plot started pointing at her. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I looked at her two big plot devices. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> her her whole I'm in love with you thing was like, felt like it came out of nowhere, was not earned. And yeah. they're like, okay, we yes. we need. And I was like, oh, you're going to die because yeah, we need you exactly. to be super tragic, super fast. Yes. Super yes. fast. Yep. Yeah, we are yep. not going to work for this at all. <laughs> yep. Yep. I I hope no one who loves Trinity Blood is is listening. You should probably just turn us off now. It's not going to get better. <laughs> or go watch it again. Maybe your opinion will change. Anyway, um, Esther is brought in. They meet Katarina. Esther is inducted into the AX because she has all the experience needed. Yeah, she murder. She murdered one She's guy. Amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. She's yep. now on par with a gunslinging robot and a nanobot-infused <laughs> vampire eater. Yep. <laughs> to be fair, that bothered me. I remember this bothering me the very first time I watched it. Like, how? what the hell are your requirements for joining this club? Just someone who walks in like, I'm in. All right. <laughs> Wait, did you murder somebody? Have, no. Have get you out. ever killed a vampire one time? Okay, that's enough. <laughs> maybe it's just surviving the first few missions is is really being a part of the ax i don't know I and mean, that's how you get part of red squadron right you you survive yeah yeah <laughs> fill in the empty thoughts um. yep. <laughs> they meet the professor we talk more with noelle she has the ability to see your feelings as colors um, so she sees over us. <laughs> um, Katarina and Abel discuss everything that's been going on, and then we get a flashback of Abel falling from the sky. I remember this is very important to the plot, and I don't fully remember everything that's happening, but I kind of recognize the flashback a little bit. Um, it kind of sets up his backstory of why he's made the promise. He's got an important promise he's made. There was some lady's head. Somebody decapitated a lady, and that traumatized him. That's yeah. all so, I remember from and that someone scene. someone, like, in a space casket? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that that particular flashback becomes super important late in the next scene. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I remember, it, and it ties into the main villain, too. Uh, it's, it's literally his whole big backstory, but... Yeah. Um, the reason they call him Terrans is because they're from Mars, but anyways... Spoiler yeah, alert. that makes sense. 
Esther gets lost in the garden. She runs into the Pope, who's hiding from his brother and crying. God. And she doesn't realize that he's the Pope. So she's like, hey, dude, just hang out with me, and I'll take you around the garden, and we'll get out of here. And then they're found by Trace, and he's like, why are you hanging out with the Pope? <laughs> um, and then the, so the Pope has to go back to being the Pope, and she's taken back to Medieval. And that's really all that happened in this episode. It was kind of a weird one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then episode six. Um, guys, any thoughts on Hugh, the assassin priest with a sword and a lot of scars? He looks like a vampire. He actually looks like Alucard from Castlevania. But he's not. <laughs> this character feels like he's in the wrong anime, and that he should yeah. be the protagonist. Yeah, like he gets to be for this one episode, right? Mm-hmm. This is one episode all about him, um, and he seems super badass. But he's not like that's all we get of him. So uh, I'm not gonna jump into the plot of this one. Things that are established, though. A memory, a chair that can show people their memory, other people's memories. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's the same scientist that we're going to meet later or talk about yes. later that is doing the work. Um, what would be the effects of the chair? Just to be clear, if somebody they, sat in the chair. They say something they say? like it's going to be rough or painful. But then afterwards, she's like, is it over? I'm good. And like, yeah, you're yeah. good. You want to come hang out? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Because I remember they said when they were introducing it, like, it's excruciating. It's horrible. What happens? It's just so horrible. She didn't even get phased. Like, it didn't seem like it bothered her in the least. It looked like it was a little bit. But, they, yeah, like, she literally asked the question, is it over yet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, I was thinking, like, it was going to melt her mind or something. But yeah. Yeah. Leave her mentally crippled. Also, the weirdest let me view someone else's memories scene I've ever seen, ever. As like, if it was on VHS. Right, yeah. and they're like, rewind, rewind that. Enhance, enhance, enhance the audio. And I'm like, why in this anime did the like, let's take the time to show that this works really badly and not just show us the memory. And even the memory is like her staring at the back of a piece of wood yeah. chair and can't see anything. I'm like, oh, Okay, I, I'm not really learning much from this. This is really weird way to present the volume this. Increase. It's like <laughs> the worst episode of CSI. <laughs> anyway, Hugh kills all the vampires, and then Catalina's mad at him for being so killy. And she's like, "He has to come home right now, or else he's going to be in trouble." So he does, even though he yeah. slaughtered an entire like magistrate for this city. Yep. Then we get, oh, the, the Peter Pan episode, um, where we meet my, my favorite priest for one episode length. Um, the character Leon, Abel goes to, for help on a mission, he goes to get the priest Leon, because apparently Gunslinger is not available right now. Um, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a priest who's in prison, and they're like, look, you do missions for us, we will reduce your sentence. And I was like, that's such a cool concept. I love this idea of like he doesn't get to choose his missions. He's forced to do the crappy ones or the, you know, he's basically their suicide squad. And mm-hmm. other than, and, and apparently I understand this isn't quite in the English dub, but in the English dub, 
all it is is that he's now let out all the time and just complains about how prison was better. <laughs> and that's his whole <laughs> stick. He's cool in this one episode, and then his shtick is just like, I'm the priest from prison. What? What? Okay. Yeah, it was really weird. It didn't, I don't remember there being very many references, if any, to him, you know, preferring prison over <laughs> being free and fighting. But it was weird to me that he was free. I, I kept thinking, is that the guy? And they call him Dandelion in, in the sub. And I kept thinking, is wrong he... show. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I kept thinking, is is he still free? Is he is this a different mission that he's getting another twenty years off? Or like, what's I don't understand what's going on. Was that just to make me like him because it's different? And then you just completely drop this too. You know, that's kind of what it seemed like to me. Jason, how about you? Um, yeah, he was fun. Um, uh, his weird spinny ring thing yeah he like throws bracelets or something that that was the weirdest weapon ever and, and they never showed how it's effective like it's like super he just, effective he just throws them and then apparently Stuff things happen <laughs> yeah and like the whole fairy island had so much potential and they completely dropped the ball like i i you know if it, it if they had more like, you know, the kids being, you know, duplicitous and like people disappearing and like they don't know why people are disappearing, but the kids are innocent kind of thing. I think that would have been neat. But then it turned into Leon becomes best buds with one of the little kids and then they never see him again. OK. Yeah. Yeah. There's another plot. I'm going to skip over it. They basically... There's an island of fairies. And at first I was like, oh, fairies. We're going to get some other species besides vampires, some other you know, monster. That'll be cool. But no, they're just vampires with fairy wings. Um, yeah, they were regular kids that were turned into vampires with wings. Artificial, yeah. No, yeah. They were regular vampires that were turned into... Mm -hmm. Oh. Mm, I got the impression that they were kids that were human that were artificially turned into vampires and happened to get wings. Um, well, the important process. part of this whole thing is that the scientist is a really bad dude, but he's also same, really smart. And it's the same scientist. <laughs> right. He might have molested a little girl. Yeah, it's quite possible. Yeah. yeah. Heavily insinuated. Um, also, she seemed to have a hive mind over the other fairies, even though at times they seem to display their own personalities. On, was, only with the Tinkerbell system. That was the Tinkerbell she, system. It linked their minds up. That's oh where she God. could command them like a hive mind. That's why when he broke, blew it up, she's like, oh, I lost control of them. And he's like, yeah, now they're free. But I'm like, Which I'm glad anyway. he had a rocket launcher in his back pocket. Yeah, good thing. <laughs> he also has rocket in like, the deep V. Too bad, too bad he didn't, like, spin it and then just throw the rocket launcher. <laughs> um, I, I really... That. I really did like the ending of this because instead of killing them, they decided to show mercy and they basically put them on a boat and send them to the Empire to live. And Didn't they, they just sent the two? And no, one of them sent, is human? They sent no, all of them. All no, no, really. He's a failed project. So he's still got the genes in him. He's just a failed version. Wouldn't that mean he's still human? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. They can't right. move. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I, I want to call out this joke because it's very funny. Oh, okay. okay. They turn in their invoice for paying to ship these kids, and they're like, uh, "What? What was this for?" Well, I don't, I don't remember. Well, then you had to pay for it. 
Oh God. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was pretty I, good. Uh, there, there is a, a joke that I found funny was his reoccurring. I took a vow of poverty and he always needs money. And mm. he swore There's to always 13, be poor. 13 teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. Yep. Is that for the nanobots or is that just because he needs calories? I assume it's calories. Okay. Um, Back to plot that matters, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's a palace that has been collapsed randomly and they send Abel to investigate and Sister Noelle is like, I'm going too because I'm in charge of finances and you always... You know, you wasted all that money, so now I have to supervise you. They go and investigate. There's literally nothing they can figure out. There's no clues. And I'm like, okay, I guess we got to go home. And she's like, nope, this is our vacation. We're blowing a ton of money. And he's like, wait, I thought that was the opposite. She's like, no, I lied. So, uh, <laughs> there's so much that upset me about this one. And it kind of paid off as far as Abel not wanting to stick around because he's like, you know, one, he didn't want to go in the first place. And two... You know, he wanted some rest, but like he picks up that book and the book immediately crumbles in his hand. But then he just buys the the investigators report that doesn't that doesn't fall within his persona of what's being built so far. Like that was so irritating to be like, oh, oh, it's over. Let's go home. Mm -hmm. So they have a vacation. Uh, and she gets drunk and basically is like, I'm in love with you. Are you in love with me? And I'm like, Ar aren't you a nun? Um, isn't he a priest? I'm very confused about the rules yeah. now. <laughs> can, can I ask a quick question? Um, when they started the trip, they had a big bag of coins. Is that right? It was a big bag of money? Yes, yeah, I believe so. So why was the holographic none complaining about their spending if they were using physical currency how would she even know maybe she's invoicing <laughs> it. <laughs> it invoicing That'd things she paid for with currency that she yeah. had in her hand yes with her with her uh cell phone <laughs> yeah that makes sense her okay. flip cell phone <laughs> um and meanwhile catalina calls them and is like hey there's been a, a new thing in that same city um, this pharmaceutical group has bought this cathedral. I need you guys to check out both of them. So the sister Noel, who's upset now because you know she, the guy turned her down. Unrequited love. Right. She goes to the pharmacy and he goes to the cathedral. She finds some information about a super weapon, whereas Abel finds the actual super weapon, which is an organ. Being played by a vampire because you gotta sell silent noise. You gotta sell this to hot topics. Um, and, and he's so like, cliche and dumb. I actually got really frustrated with this because he starts playing it and like the earth, it causes a giant earthquake. Buildings are collapsing all over the city, and Abel's like, "Oh man, what does what does that do? <laughs> What's going on?" He's like, "No, I'm I'm literally destroying the city right now. Give me a minute." And Abel just is like. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna get and then you. Then he though. points a gun at him and like, you yeah. should stop now. He but lets I'll it never go on. You. There's so much destruction going on. Abel's just not acting to let this drama build up. He gets right. attacked by monsters eventually, which you know slow him down. Then he transforms. He beats the monsters. 
and he attacks the guy, and the guy's like, "No, I'm done with my song." Yeah, it's too late. <laughs> You're literally at the end of yeah. And so the bad, uh, bad guy, whose name is Isaac, runs away, and and we find out Noel was in the earthquake and she has died. In the most and, Final Fantasy way possible, by the way, and the way he runs away. He's just like, <laughs> and then like, just like yeah. disappears. Like, jump, jump, <laughs> jump, disappear. <laughs> yep. Uh, and and Noelle's death is really weird, too, because we don't actually like see her die. She's right, just, yeah. we just can't find her. And, but she is I didn't dead, think she right? was, I didn't think she was dead until later Hugh comes back and he's like, yeah. she died in my arms with this paper. Yeah, that's so weird that happens off screen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Isaac runs away. This destroys Abel, so Abel's now moping yeah. everywhere. Yeah, we get a yep. big episode of Abel crying, and then the other AX members are... a letter of resignation. Yeah. Uh, but a big event that happens is Alfonso, the uncle of the Pope, who also tried to become the Pope... Um, and hasn't talked to the family since he lost, shows up and he's like, hey, I'm uh, sorry that I've been a jerk and I would like to support the Pope now. And I'm not mad about not being Pope no more. Also, I brought two gifts with me while you guys are searching for a super weapon. One's a bell and one's an obelisk. <laughs> <laughs> and he, at one point he has a conversation with Catalina like, Hey, you know that super secret terrorist group that no one knows about, but I'm going to talk to you about it? And she's like, how do you know about that? He's like, ah, I know. And she's like, that checks out. All right. I love how she confirms it, too. She's like, you know about that? It's like, oh, you are the best general ever. (laughs) Yep. Um, uh, Abel has gone missing, even though Esther finds him a few times. Um... (laughs) And, and basically, the professor is like, we've checked out every bell in the city. We know Rome is being attacked by the same super weapon from the last episode. Uh, and they've checked every bell in the city. And they're like, wait, we haven't checked the brand new bell that just came in from Alfonso. So let's all go check that out. Uh, and they go tell Catalina right after. So Abel comes and he he resigns. And Catalina's like, no, you can't. He's, he just walks away like, yeah, I can. Um <laughs> and then they're like, hey, we got to stop this bell. It's probably the bell. And so they go. And this is where um, stuff really hits the fan. Because Francisco's like, how dare you tell our uncle his bell is a super weapon? And the, the uncle's like, no, look, I can ring it. And he rings it and nothing happens. So they arrest Catalina. She literally gets put <laughs> arrested for this. And we find out like the AX is going to be disbanded. Leon is like, why did I even come out of prison? <laughs> that's a that's an actual line from the, this episode oh my god um and then out we see alfonso meet with isaac and they're like yeah we're in this together um and the bell it's a good thing we had that bell as a decoy and the obelisk is the actual weapon um which was not super obvious which they find out because like jeremy said <laughs> q shows up with the the plans for the obelisk that he got from well dead Noel. Like, oh okay we know what to do now and okay so alfonso goes and talks to catalina while she's jailed and he's like hey just so you know i'm a terrorist and i want you to join me 
and she's like, no. And then Abel shows up and attacks him, and he has a a shield, like an electric EMP shield thing comes up and, and saves him. And he's like, actually, I'm not Alfonso. I'm Isaac, the evil vampire, <laughs> dressed up as Alfonso. And then Alfonso's also doing an evil thing. And I'm like, this is a weird, unnecessary switcheroo. <laughs> yes. Why couldn't you have Isaac doing the obelisk and have actual Alfonso doing the recruiting? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, Isaac and Abel fight. He ends up having to charge up to 80% of his nanobots, which means he grows wings that can shoot lightning. They're like a lightning generator, but they look like wings. And they also operate like wings. He can fly. Uh, he wins the fight. And he's like, okay. Isaac's like, if you want to stop the obelisk, the, the weapon... I put the control chip in my heart. If you kill me, you'll you'll end it. And and Abel's like, no, I promise never to kill. Besides those like thirty vampires I already did <laughs> yeah. earlier. Yeah. And now would have better if he's like, I-, I swore never to kill anyone with a control chip in their heart. You found my one weakness. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can't kill anyone important to this plot. But the yeah. AX who has to fight a monster that the Pope is apparently able to summon. Um, it's like a Metroid not the Pope, uh, beholder. The uncle, thing. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they fight the uncle's monster, and then they manage to stop him. Because one of the priests can turn invisible. Super effective. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm flying through it. They had established that, to be fair. But yeah. also it just that's... seems like such a strange power. Like the others seem like, oh, okay, this is hyperbolic physical ability, but turning invisible, uh, what? <laughs> well, everyone has to have some sort of power, except but for they Esther. have to be unique. Yeah, so like Dandelions is throwing things, Hughes is hitting things with a rod, the priests or the the professor is like being smart. Our main character has nano machines, and this guy can turn invisible. It's not a rod; it's a sword in the rod. And Esther oh, has I a know. shotgun. And Esther has a shotgun, exactly. And can cry a lot. And Noel can see emotions and then die. <laughs> uh, Isaac runs away, and the final shot of this episode is a blonde man standing over Rome, talking about, "Hey, Abel, good for you." Something. <laughs> Clearly, like, uh, master villain making his mm. first appearance. Mm-hmm. Okay, then what do we do? Oh, good. The murder <laughs> mystery investigation. So, in um, Venice, Abel is sent to investigate a murder, and he's partnered with a vampire who's given special permission because it's a vampire murderer, and so the Empire has sent her to investigate. And she hates... Terrans and she's like Abel's like we're partners. She's like, don't you ever use that word to me. Also, we have a special, <laughs> we have a, we have another word that we use for that. But also, don't say that one. <laughs> um, yeah. They investigate the crime scene, and then she's like, let's go to this casino. They go to the casino, and the guy running the casino is the murderer. Turns out, and also a vampiric aristocrat. Yeah, he's a vampire aristocrat, he's the murderer, and he held her hostage at one point in his life. Yeah, apparently long, long time ago, like medieval time. Which would still be which would still be post apocalypse medieval times. Yeah. 
Oh, I guess it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But say you know, centuries have passed. So there's there's room yeah. for that. Yeah. They end up having a well. She chases him throughout the city. She has like this lightning bolt wand staff that causes huge destruction. She's like blowing up all of Venice trying to get this guy. He mm. takes a hostage, and Abel ends up saving the hostage. And then she shoot the this investigator girl and shoots at him. He blocks it with a reflect spell, and it all comes back and kills like fifty people. And Abel, who promised to never let anyone die an episode ago, is like, I saved the one hostage. (laughs) And you could say, like, hey, Abel, you know, he wasn't in control of the situation. But, yeah, he could have been. He could have gone to 80% nanomachines and done something about this and not let 200 people in the streets of Venice just die when he vowed. Ten minutes ago to me, (laughs) because I watched these in order, you know, I just finished last episode. Uh, that he would never let anyone die. I was confused. You know, when Jeremy complains about inconsistencies like this, I'm usually like, mm, that doesn't matter. But this is like, this is huge. This is such yep. a big one. Yep. And then, like, he got hit by some of the shrapnel, so yep. he ends up in the hospital. He goes to the hospital, and then he's like, no, I'm still going to help you. So she's like, all right, you're cool. But then they're like, no, you you, you were responsible for, like, a ton of deaths and destruction. You're leaving. <laughs> and then Abel's like, no, she's not. We're going to go keep go after this guy. Because apparently the Pope is in town. I, I'm going to... One second. <laughs> oh, here we go. We are on like our fourth or fifth Pope murder plot to start a war. And they're like, let's just send the Pope to Venice alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. They they catch the bad guy and they kill him. <laughs> the Pope is bait at this point. He's got to be bait. They must know what they're doing. Also, they do kill the bad guy, for one thing. Like, and yeah. He shoots him, and but then she goes back and reports to the queen of the vampire empire, like, he died. So Abel killed him. Abel shot and killed him then. And then the... And then, yeah, this queen is like, or the empress is like, Oh, Abel, you haven't changed, and so yeah. she knows. She knows Abel, and and also like, does that mean this lady got away with murdering like four hundred people in the streets? Of yes, Venice? yes, she did. No consequences whatsoever. Let's not deal with that. Abel's cool with it. He's never gonna let anyone die. <laughs> starting now, <laughs> except for the guy he shot. At the end of every episode, he makes his vow again. <laughs> I'm so mad at this. <laughs> When the plot demands it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just would have been fine if he didn't say that. Like, it's it's fine that people are dying around him. That's fine. He's doing his best. Yeah. But why did they... It's felt so like we have to say this because Trigun said this. But Trigun, that's literally like the central theme of the whole anime. <laughs> and they, they work so hard to make it work. Okay. We have one more plot line. Here we, oh, this, one, this one drives me crazy. Because of a, a vampire named Eon. If you thought the Pope was bad, this uh, guy, yeah. this guy's an English voice actor, was like, his voice cracks every time he yells, and he always oh, yells. And oh. it was it was rough. And th- this character, I swear, dies like 15 times in the span of three episodes. <laughs> Yes. He still makes it out alive. Yep. All right. So 
Catalina is in like Morocco or something. Like it's it's it looks very Middle Eastern or Arabian that that kind of stuff. So they still call it the Vatican. <laughs> Basically, her brother calls her and is like, "Hey, watch out for assassins." And then at the same <laughs> time, guard down. <laughs> there is a bombing in the building and a vampire messenger who are showing up. And it isn't a coincidence that those two things are happening, but they are kind of separate. The vampire messenger comes in and he's like, I have a message. And then Gun- Gunslinger walks in and is like, oh, vampire terrorist, shoot. And and, and hits, hits him. And this messenger runs away. And this is uh, Eon. The... My favorite part about this whole thing is I have this extremely important message I need to get to you. But before I do, I'm going to rake your arm behind your back and threaten you and tell you how much of garbage you are because you're tearing. And also, <laughs> yeah, hold on. I thought you were here to give, deliver a message. Not he's so aggressive about it. Too. He's like, don't you yeah. speak to me, you filthy Terran. Also, I have a message for you, ma'am. Would you like to receive it? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> No sense. So yeah, this character has been sent by the Empress of the Vampires to bring a message to Catalina about peace. Um, and... Except for when he's going to attack her to give her the message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his, his best friend vampire comes and finds him and like helps get some of the poison from the silver bullet out and, and, takes, him, and takes him to get care. Yeah, like that are almost, yeah, and they're like the scenes are are almost designed to to give like weird insinuations and creepiness. Like, yes, they, they were, but the English English dub dialogue was very obvious to steer away from that. Like, they were very much like he's like my brother. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. I, yeah, no, we didn't find out that kind of brother relationship thing until much later in the sub, if I remember correctly. So this was just like, what? What's going I, on? I did like how he could <laughs> suck out the damage done by silver, silver like you could have, like yeah. trying to do it for a snake bite. Like, yeah, what is happening? Like, fine. Like, silver was. It, it, and if silver is this poison, isn't him like putting it into his mouth going to hurt him? That's what you want to talk about Wait, right so- now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Abel is brought in because he obviously knows the Empress. And they're like, hey, we know she wants to send us a message. We need to get this message. It's super important. And then he talks to Esther. And she's like, yeah, let's go bust a cap in these vampires. I want in. <laughs> and and Abel's like, no, you, you stay here. I got this. You just need to stay out of this. Um. Meanwhile, Esther then tracks down the vampires, <laughs> runs in with a shotgun, and tries to murder him, and they have a fight. She gets stopped by his... Oh, his name is Radu? Yeah. And and then Abel stops Radu, and then Abel slaps Esther across the face and says, you're dumb. Yeah, total beast. slap. <laughs> so did not fit his personality. Right, this is the same guy who's like, could I please have a sandwich, ma'am? Yeah. Yeah. I think they didn't know who he was supposed to be. I don't know. I thought that scene was fairly appropriate because it wasn't just that she didn't follow orders. And I think if he'd called it out, it would have been different. This incident, if she had killed him, would have started the war between the two. Mm. 
Like she was in the was, midst of yeah, basically doing what the Rosenkreutz wanted. So I think that's the reason, or at least it should have been the reason he slapped her. Not that she just disobeyed yeah. orders. Oh, I agree with the slapping part. She totally deserved it. It just didn't seem like it was a, con- a character consistent thing to come from him. He just yeah. didn't seem like the right person to administer it. <laughs> I, Fair I, enough. I, I agree with that. Even though you never hit me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically uh, at the same time, the Inquisition is now coming because they're coming for the assassin who they think Eon is. And so Abel's like, I will stall the Inquisition soldiers. You guys go into the secret tunnel that's obviously in this room and <laughs> go down it. Esther, you take them. And she's like, me? He's like, yeah, yeah you. You're going to do this. And then Abel goes outside and he plays Pogo on top of the Inquis- Inquisition's heads um, until their <laughs> commanding officer shows up. And his name is Petro. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to I'm going to fight this guy. But I respect him. <laughs> and, so I, hate this guy. I love his weapon, though. I really love the like the two spinning cool. gear halberd thing. Yeah, I'm just really confused why Abel walking out and saying, "Hey, I'm I need to deliver these guys to Katarina because of diplomatic relationships." Why that didn't just diffuse the whole situation? But exactly, especially when it does later. He literally yeah. says later, I need to get this this guy's a message for Catalina. And the guy's like, oh, well, that's a different story then. <laughs> but, but, but here he's like, nope, you gotta die. Um, and, and, he really wanted to fight so, fight someone from AX. Yeah, but he always yep. wanted to fight an AX member. And it, it wasn't like, like you're evil. It was kind of like, this is, we're both trying to do the right thing and we must. He called him a heretic. Oh, that's who, yeah. In, infidel? <laughs> Didn't he call him an infidel? He didn't call him an infidel because he's, he ended up praying for him at the end because he thought he was uh, he thought he was doing the right thing in his eyes, but he was blaspheming God kind of thing. Abel gets knocked into the ocean when they destroy the balcony in the fight. An entire section of the balcony uh, supposedly falls on him. We don't see it happen, but that's the implication. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we come back to Esther and the two vampires. They come to a cave with a boat. And... Can I ask one non-important question? Um, he got grazed in the shoulder. Why, why is he having a hard time walking? The kid? Did he yeah. get grazed in the shoulder? Because didn't she say like a couple inches to the left and it would have hit your heart? She kicked but, him in the arm, and that's where the wound was, where the bandage is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess he did pull a bullet out of his shoulder, but he he pulled a bullet out of his arm. Why is he having a hard time walking? Especially poison. this late. The poison? Yeah, it could be the silver poison. Then what good was sucking the blood out? Like, <laughs> that didn't help. Anyways, doesn't matter. Let's move on. We don't know the toxicity of silver, guys, but clearly it's okay for your mouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, and then we get this scene where Leon and Esther are super racist to each other and then become friends, start becoming friends. Uh, and then Radu comes back 
And in the With most obvious, obvious thing ever. Guys, if your friend ever says, yeah, by the way, there's terrorists around and they know about what you're doing. And don't you think they're right? Don't you think the terrorists are kind of cool? Mm-hmm. Your friend is the terrorist. Just yeah. so you know. <laughs> yeah. Super obvious. He, yeah. At one point, Ian even says, the only two people who know about this are me and him. Come on, man! You're you're right yep. there. Obvious terrorist is obvious. Yeah. comes back with a gun, and not only could he not figure it out, Eons doesn't believe it for like the rest of the anime. Like like he sees him with a gun pointing at him. He's like, "What's happening? Are you are you like a bad guy?" <laughs> um, but the Inquisition gets there and they kill Radu. Which is what I wrote in my notes because it was very obvious he died. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, and then a- Abel comes in on a boat and grabs Leon and Esther and they drive away. But Pedro jumps on the back of it, and he's, and, but he drops his weapon and they tell him, "Look, we're just trying to deliver a message." He's like, "Well, all right, then I'm just going to come along." And he sits Which down. Gets, he's got a crazy backpack, jetpack, and he yeah. just... I like I. And I think I remember this from the first time I watched it. I remember really liking the Inquisitors' like whole style, like their paladin, rocket pack. You know, I thought they were cool. They remind me of like Warhammer. Yeah, a little bit. That is cool. Yeah, my favorite part was when they were sitting in the boat and he was like jetting over, and they were like, "They fly now! They fly now! They fly now!" Ah, (laughs) Jeremy with the dig. (laughs) Anyway. Um, <laughs> this is one of the things that I absolutely hated about this guy was that there is a scene that comes up very quickly after this where the vampire boy says, I know you you want to kill me because I'm a vampire, so I want to ask you to be my shield, but will you basically be my shield? And then later, the guy's like, well, I did promise to be your shield. And I'm like, what the, what the heck is this? Like, this guy wanted you to did you guys not see that? Is it? Oh, I did. I, I just didn't. I didn't find it confusing. Oh, it was irritating to me because the guy was clearly like being part of the Inquisition. Their whole thing was we take out the vampires. We never protect them. Like we get the impression that the Inquisition is more like the uh, traditionally like really negative connotation of Inquisition in our history, right? And so I didn't get any connotation that the Inquisition uh, would ever consider protecting vampires like they're basically the exterminators is what i got so and so i, I agree Th- this so guy just super cheesy to say oh okay after this very short period of time that we've had together now you can actually talk to me as if i'm gonna be be a shield for you this creature that i have been planning to exterminate and have exterminated all throughout my history in this job and, and it just very, didn't seem plan- like enough time was given. he plans to still kill him so and here's here's the thing. He is the commander of the inquisitorial department, right? But sure. you know, under under the other dude, right? Yeah. Yes. So why is he hiding from his own troops? <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't he step out and say, "Hey, come here, go get the other girl," and then like, <laughs> she comes over and he's like, "Hey, this this vampire is actually really important to diplomatic relationships. We need to escort him." That's what I mean, though. It's all contrived. The, his behavior is... Com- 
Yeah, his the, his behavior is completely contrived. The only thing I don't agree with you on, Jeremy, is that they did show that his character is super honor bound. Like, yeah. When he fought Abel and like the other soldiers stood back up, he's like, no, this is a one-on-one fight. If you even touch him, I will kill you. This is about, you know, men versus man. Whoever's faith is stronger. Like, don't you get involved. So I could see mm-hmm. him. And he even says, like, after, like, I will be your shield. I will follow your request. I have issues with it. But afterwards, I'm going to kill you. And afterwards, you two go to jail. Yeah. But that he, he gave his oath and that he would follow that through to, you know, because he said he would see this through. And so he's going to stick to that. Because he obviously because, saw the importance he has a of the diplomatic hand that was being given here yeah see in the sub i don't remember him ever saying i will be your shield uh i remember is the kid said i won't ask you to be my shield because i know that you won't oh the dub was very clear that he would be yeah Yeah, i know in the sub he did not agree to do it and then afterwards he says i did agree to do it and i'm like what so uh, you yeah. just kind of had a change of heart during the middle of combat where you're like, oh, I will protect you. I'll take this blow from a tank to protect. <laughs> where did that come from? Uh, it's very, very different in the dub. In the dub, the, he asked him to be his, his shield and his sword or hammer. Halberd. Halberd. And he, at first he's like, I hate you. I hate what you just asked. But I'm going to see this through. But but um, also, Eon said, if you do this, you can have my head as payment. Like, I literally will let you kill me if you just get me to let deliver this message. And he's like, okay, but I'm holding you to that. And then you two are going to jail. I'm sticking, you know, I'm sticking to my convictions, but I will do this honor-bound oath for you. So then when he, he shielded him and died for him, he was like, hey, I promised this is what I swore I'd do. So it made sense in the dub, but obviously it sounds like they fixed it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, martial law is declared by the Inquisitors on the city. And then we see that Radu is alive and Diedrich. Oh, and the but... airships start opening fire on the city. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Oh, yeah. And that's the puppet master's work. The puppet master mm-hmm. wants the Inquisition to take over the city. They also, okay, they mentioned the... Iblis. What is the Iblis in this episode? I never figured it out. It's the name of the arc is the Iblis, and then each episode has their own name. And and, and Puppet Master walks in. And he's like, "Why didn't you use the Iblis?" He's like, "Well, because they needed it to look like an you know, like they're killing each other. If I did that, they'll know it wasn't." And then I don't remember what the Iblis was. Was it the tank? Yeah, it must have been. Okay. So yeah. Puppet Master is like, hey, by the way, I have zombie vampires who will get to help, and they go after Catalina, um, which doesn't work out. Where did that come from? Yeah, he, yeah. well, he's Puppet Master. Um, <laughs> the airships and the tank both come under control of the vampires, and they start firing on the city, and that's when Eon's like, okay, we gotta go deliver the message now. Now that it's dangerous out there, we should go. Yeah. <laughs> And then they put Esther in charge of driving, and she drives them right in front of the apparently the Iblis, the tank. And they're and he's and Eon's like, oh my god, it's my friend, he's still alive. And they're like, dude, he's the terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he opens fire at them 
uh, Petro gets hit. I'm ass- I'm assuming he's dead, but I'm probably wrong. In two episodes, he'll be like, "No, I was fine." Yeah. Um, Ehan also gets hurt. He's laying in a pool of blood. Abel transforms, goes to his eighty percent form, starts sucking up Eon's blood. Right. Takes a shot that loses his arm, uses Eon's blood to fix that arm, and then decides to destroy the two airships and the tank, kills everybody, and then goes over to Esther, and Esther's like, you're a monster! And he's like, oh, forgive me for my sins! Oh, God. And, and then we see that Eon tells Catalina that they need the vampires in the Catholic Church need to work together to stop these terrorists. And Abel tells Esther he's sorry he's a monster. Uh, yep. Not that it matters, but it's actually a Goliath tank. It's not a Iblis. What is the Iblis then? <laughs> is that the airship, maybe? No, because the airships no. are just airships. To, to be fair, I, I didn't always pay the super most attention to what was going on, but yeah, I feel like it should have been a little more obvious in a three-episode arc called The Iblis to not only have it just name-dropped once, like, why didn't you use The Iblis? We're not talking about that. Shouldn't we? <laughs> All right. Oh, Iblis is a type of angel who is created from fire. That does not make things clearer, sir. Yeah, I don't recall that at Making an appearance, so. <laughs> okay. We have reached the end of the episodes that we have watched. We have also reached the end of the episodes we will watch. Um, <laughs> yes. So let's go to our final reviews. Jason, you picked it. What are your thoughts? Um, I I kind of laid it out already. Um, it wasn't good, but I mean, it wasn't terrible. I have some nostalgic feelings for it. I can give it a two. Okay, Jeremy, how about you? I gotta give it a one. <laughs> this is this is hard. I was not fond of the animation style for most of it. Uh, the faces were really annoying. All the things that we've already complained about, and also just I don't know. It tried to be Vash, and then it failed, and that's. Oh man, that I don't know. That seems like it should get more of a penalty for <laughs> to me <laughs> than just like, oh, you tried to tell a story. It's like, no, you, you tried to copycat and you did a really bad job. <laughs> I've so, never yeah, seen one. Vash, so I think that's why my opinion is not as bad. You've never seen Trigon. You need to see Trigon. Okay, is that our so... next anime? No, no, that's like a like a fifty. Uh, yeah, it's a big one. It's pretty big, yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it a one. <laughs> Honestly, it probably is a two. It, it's probably more of a product of its time, and it probably deserves yeah. a little bit better. Um, you know, they were probably cutting some ground with that CG work they were doing. Mm-hmm. But my enjoyment of it <laughs> was not there. I had a hard time watching it. I had a hard time staying, paying attention to what was going on. It, it didn't grab me. Um, I've been thinking about like good anime. I've been watching anime that have just like sucked me in. The volleyball one, um, Promise Neverland. Oh yeah, there's stuff that sucks me in. This has just pushed me away. I couldn't get into it, so it's a one for me. Our next anime, 
Jeremy's very excited. I, I think he thinks he's trolling. <laughs> I feel like he found the it's perfect. I, I, yeah, I feel like you found the perfect. This is legitimate and a troll pick at the same time. Yes. yes. Uh, this I'm is so an, excited. This is an older anime that none of us have seen, as far as I know, um, nope. called Princess Tutu, which is about a bird that becomes a, a ballerina, duck. a duck yep. that becomes a ballerina, a human ballerina. Yeah. Uh, but from what I understand, it's supposed to be quite good. It definitely is not in our wheelhouse for genres, no. but that also <laughs> makes me excited. That's kind of what you know these weird picks are for. Um, and you know, Jeremy always brings the the change. So <laughs> Princess Tutu, we're only watching what uh, Jeremy has told me is called the first half, but it's just the first thirteen episodes. Yeah. Um, so we will be watching that and then discussing that in two weeks. Okay. Uh, if you would like to comment on Trinity Blood and tell us how your rose tinted goggles are not wrong, uh, you can reach us on our Twitter at Baca Podcast, our email, the anime Baca Club at gmail.com, or leave a comment wherever you found the podcast, and we will get to it. And I hope everyone had a great holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's. All of it was great. Hope it was fantastic. Let's say goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye now.